Hello, car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It is time for the most famous words in motorsport. Just say it now. Gentlemen, start your engines. This week on Speedway Sounds, I interview Caitlin Robinson, UCI engineering student and member of Anteater Racing. Anteater Racing is one of the most important and popular design projects for students who want to gain experience in automotive design, research, and development on the UCI campus. She'll share her experiences with the team and she'll tell us about her important role as program manager. After that, I'll give a rapid recap on this, week, this past weekend's Race of Champions in Florida and a preview of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. All that and more on this week's Speedway Sounds. Today is Tuesday, January 24, 2017. Anteater Racing is one of several senior design projects for students in the Henry Samueli School of Engineering. In the project, students design and construct cars to compete in the annual national competitions organized by SAE International towards the end of the spring quarter. Within Anteater Racing, there are three unique car projects, Formula SAE, the gasoline-based race car, SAE Electric, a battery-powered car similar to the Formula car, and SAE Baja, a high-performance off-road vehicle. Here to explain more about Anteater Racing is Caitlin Robinson, who is a senior mechanical engineering student and the program manager of the project. Welcome to Speedway Sounds, Caitlin. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. First of all, when and how did you join Anteater Racing? So I joined in the fall of 2016. I was, a, sorry, it's 2015, and my junior year of my mechanical engineering degree. I started out on the Mini Baja project and I became a team lead for the human interface subteam uh, within one or two weeks of starting the project. And I carried out that project through the year. And now this year, from 2016 to 2017, I'm serving, serving as the program manager. So what are the time commitments like as far as meeting the engineering major requirements? So each student that's enrolled in the senior design project is required to complete four hours of work per week per unit they're enrolled. Most students are enrolled in two units, so that means eight hours a week or 80 hours for the quarter. Do you think the analogy put more in, get more out in terms of time applies here? Oh, for sure. Um, they're required to put in 80 hours minimum per week, but most students put in more than that just because they're so passionate about the project and you really get out exactly what you put in. For each of the three different cars, how are the team personnel organized? Each of the three cars has a team captain and then from there they each divide down into subteams uh, and each subteam has a subteam lead that's in charge. Uh, e these teams are usually based on their roles on the car, so suspension, chassis, body, they all have a subteam that's in charge of that. So what are your responsibilities specifically as program manager? So as program manager, I am the singular interface with the administration uh, and I work between the team leads and the university uh, to kind of bridge the gap between for in terms of communication. Uh, we have three sub team leads and three vehicles. So I have three voices coming at me from that side and the side of the entire UCI administration from the other. Nice. So tell us about the annual competitions you guys compete in. How do they work? 
What are some of the primary rules you follow? So SAE International uh, outlines the Formula and Baja competitions in a rule book that they publish every year. Um, These are usually requirements for strength and uh, safety precautions to make sure that these cars are safe for drivers to compete with in the competitions. But um, they usually work, they have uh, events that are considered static events. So in that case, the teams present uh, their design reports and cost reports, and uh, they pitch a sales presentation as though they were a fictitious company. Um, And then the second day of the competitions are for dynamic events. These are smaller driving events, usually an acceleration run. Uh, For Formula, it's an autocross. For Baja, there's uh, suspension traction events. There's also a hill climb, which is really fun. I actually drove that last year in 2016. Um, And then on the final day, each car runs an endurance race. Now, Mini Baja has a four-hour off-road endurance race, and that one's pretty crazy. But Formula also competes in a pretty long one too as well. So much more than just the standard car versus car race. Exactly. Um, In terms of car versus car racing, Baja is probably the one that comes pretty close to that. But uh, there's so much involved in these competitions rather than just one single race on one single day. Who do you compete against? They actually compete against universities from all over the world. Uh, It's pretty insane. I know Mini Baja has uh, over 100 schools that enter each competition, and Formula also about 100. Electric is a little bit smaller, but that's because developing an electric car proves to be insanely difficult, especially for young engineers in this time frame. So what did you personally learn from your first competition last year, both as a student and as a team leader? Uh, Well, I really learned that um, there's a lot to building a car. It's not just, you know, oh, let's do this, and then all of a sudden it appears. You really learn the engineering design process throughout this whole competition. Um, And it really is good to have the competition at the end of the year because that's ultimately what drives the design and what drives us to keep working so hard. But uh, you really learn how to design a car and how to manufacture the car and also how to interact with your team. So how long does it take for you and your teammates to transform your car from a drawing or a computer model to a competition ready machine? Where do you build your cars? So it takes, uh, we start the design process in September, October of every year and Baja competes in April or May, so about eight months, and then Formula competes in June, which so about nine to ten months of development, um, which is, in terms of engineering, is pretty insane timeline. Most no company does that. I mean, outside of Formula SAE, so that's pretty insane. Uh, we build all of our cars in house. We actually work out of uh, ET Engineering Tower. Uh, ET One Hundred One is our engine lab. Uh, we store all of our engines, our chassis, and we use some of the facilities on campus in order to build them. I was reading some of your blog posts on your website, and I learned that the team members actually design and build quite a few of the parts on their own. What does that say about the quality of your team? Well, we definitely expect a lot out of our engineers when we uh, bring them on to the project at the beginning of the year. This year in particular, we uh, made sure to pre-screen everybody as we were accepting them into the program because we know that we require a lot of time and a lot of skill, but mostly a lot of passion. We really want these people to be really interested in what they're doing because it is a fun project, but it also demands a lot out of them. Now, each year, the team names their cars. What are the three cars' names this year? 
So this year, our Baja SAE vehicle is named Bandit. Uh, that's because our 2016 vehicle is named Raider, and we wanted to keep on the theme of stealing stuff. So that was a fun <laughs> one. Uh, this year, our Formula SAE's vehicle is named Bandit, or sorry, not Bandit, Mandit, Mantis. And this has to do with a uh, story of a praying mantis landing on our old vehicle and hitching a ride for a couple miles. Wow. But they eventually <laughs> found it in the engine bay. So that's why they decided to name it Mantis. And finally, our electric vehicle is named Thor, mostly because of its connection to electricity, god of lightning, etc. We thought it was kind of a cool name. Yeah. What makes your team, UC Irvine's team, and the car you bring different than other universities' cars and teams? So our program is based more on the side of wanting to teach the future of engineers rather than being a race team. A lot of universities run this kind of program through a, a club or through... Um, you know, some sort of volunteer effort, and it makes it kind of hard for people to stay accountable. But because we run it as a senior design project, we really, really emphasize the process of getting to each of these cars and not just trying to build the biggest, fastest machine out there, although that is definitely a plus. What does this program have to offer students? Uh, so in terms of what we offer to students, uh, we are a senior design project. So Engineers who are involved in the project receive class credit. Uh, in order to graduate as an engineer, you need to take a certain number of units in uh, 189, which is the code for senior design projects. Uh, we also do offer credit for students who are juniors and stu students who are uh, sophomores and freshmen as well. And personally, what are your aspirations for the future? And how has Anteater Racing contributed to your engineering experience? Well, Anteater Racing as a program has definitely given me a lot of perspective in terms of what it means to really be an engineer in the field. I mean, what you learn in your classes is very useful in terms of how, like making those decisions, but you don't actually get to see how everything comes together until you work on something like this. So for me, I just hope to maybe do something in the automotive industry when I get into the industry itself. But for now, I'm pretty content to just be helping other engineers rece receive that same cut of training and experience. And my last question is one that I had last year as a senior in high school when I discovered the SAE program. And I'm sure other younger students interested in automotive engineering will have this question as well. What skills should I learn that would help me contribute more to the team from the very beginning of my time in the School of Engineering? So people that are interested in the program in their early years should definitely try to get involved in courses that teach you hand-on hands-on manufacturing experience. The university offers courses in welding, in safety, and machining, and if you can get into those classes, I highly, highly recommend you take those because those are required to get involved in the program. But more than anything, you really need to develop the ability to ask questions, to ask for what you want, and to not necessarily need to be spoon-fed all of the information because that's definitely something that will put you farther ahead. All right, and one last thing. How can listeners stay in touch with all that is going on with Anita Racing in the coming months? So we definitely have uh, a lot of outreach going on with our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash UCI Racing. We also have a website on um, that is uh, sites.uci.edu slash UCI Racing. And we have our Instagram account, which is Anteater Racing. Awesome. Thank you very much. Caitlin Robison from Anteater Racing. This past weekend... 20 of the world's best drivers kicked off the 2017 racing season with the race of champions in the Miami Marlins baseball stadium. Amazingly, organizers paved a course over the field for a tournament of champions. 
The event featured NASCAR brothers Kurt and Kyle Busch, Indy 500 champions Ryan hunter Ray and Alexander Rossi, and Rallycross rally stars Travis Pastrana and Scott Speed, competing for the United States on three two-driver teams. Four-time consecutive world champion Sebastian Vettel represented Germany along with fellow F1 driver Pascal Verlein. IndyCar driver James Hinchcliffe competed for Canada. And also competing were Felipe Massa and Tony Kanaan of Brazil, Juan Pablo Montoya and Gabi Chavez for Colombia. Also represented were the United Kingdom, the Nordic countries, and the Latin American countries. On Saturday, each driver competed individually in incredibly different vehicles, from a NASCAR Europe stock car to several different open cockpit track day cars to a rally cross car. Each round was a two-driver duel starting with the group stage. The only major accident of the weekend occurred when Pascal Verlein drove, onto and, drove into and climbed the soft barriers, splitting the two lanes on the start-finish straight, and he spectacularly rolled over. Verlein and his passenger walked away, but at the advice of his doctors, he decided to quit the remainder of the tournament and the weekend. Travis Pastrana and Juan Pablo Montoya advanced out of the group stage, but Montoya eliminated Pastrana 2-0 in the best out of three quarterfinals. In quarterfinal two, Felipe Massa beat fellow Brazilian Elio Castroneves 2-0. Tom Christensen won races two and three over Jensen Button to move on from the third quarterfinal, and David Coldhart beat Kyle Busch in two races to be the fourth semifinal contestant. Juan Pablo Montoya eliminated Felipe Massa, and Tom Christensen sent home David Coulthard. And in the final, Juan Pablo Montoya won two races against Christensen and therefore was crowned champion of champions winning all but one of his matchups throughout the whole day. On Sunday, the Nations Cup brought the driver pairs back together, except for Sebastian Vettel of Germany, who had been partnered with Pascal Verlein until his accident. Somehow, Vettel defended all challengers on his own, advancing to the semifinals to compete against the American NASCAR, American IndyCar, and Columbia teams. Vettel of Germany, wanting to redeem himself from a first-round elimination the day before, de first defeated Juan Pablo Montoya of Colombia. In the second race, Kurt Busch of NASCAR defeated Ryan hunter Ray of IndyCar, and then Vettel eliminated Colombia as a country by defeating Gabe Chavez. Alexander Rossi of IndyCar then beat Kyle Busch of NASCAR, but lost against Kurt. This set up for America versus Germany in the final between Vettel and the Busch brothers. Vettel won both races to earn the seventh Nations Cup for Germany in the race of champions. Now on to a preview of this year's WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. As I mentioned last week in my interview with Matt McMurray, this is America's most prestigious racing series for sports cars. The way sports car racing works is that several different types of race cars compete together and see which car can go the farthest in distance in a set amount of time. I'll now go through the four different car classes in the series and what separates them. First up is Grand Touring Daytona, or GTD. These are all the privately run sports cars that are race versions of what you'll see on the road or at a high performance track day. For this weekend's Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, there will be a huge field of 27 cars in GTD, including Lamborghinis, Lexuses, Acuras, Audis, Porsches, Mercedes, Ferraris, a BMW, and an Aston Martin. This is the biggest class of cars in the race, but also the slowest. Don't take that the wrong way, though. They can still reach 170 miles per hour around Daytona's high banks. Just faster are the factory-backed cars in Grand Touring Le Mans, or GTLM. In this class, Manufacturers directly manage their cars and race teams. Here you'll see four Ford GTs, two Chevrolet Corvettes, a Ferrari, two Porsche 911s, 
and two BMW M6s for a total of 11 cars. Now I'll tell you about the two prototype classes. These cars are only built for the racetrack and have superior handling and aerodynamics. First, in the prototype challenge class, PC, each of the five teams will drive the same type of car, meaning it is up to each driver and team to produce a winning strategy. Above all are the prototypes. This year, all the teams are running brand new Daytona Prototype International cars, replacing the old LMP2 and DP cars. This year brings new entries from Mazda, Cadillac, Nissan, and Riley Multimatic, as well as several European manufacturers, all of which can reach 200 miles per hour. Each of the four classes will run on track at the same time for 24 hours, but the cars will compete independently of the other classes. Winners will be the cars in each class that complete the most miles. That same format will continue throughout all of the races in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Race 1 is this weekend's 24 hours of Daytona. Race 2 is the 12 hours of Sebring in March, followed by the Sports Car Grand Prix right here in Southern California at Long Beach during April. With 55 cars among all four classes, this weekend's Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona will be a great start to 2017. I want to wish last week's guest, Matt McMurray, the best of luck as he competes with Park Place Motorsports in the Grand Touring Daytona class. He will be one of three drivers on his team. Each team will have several drivers that will drive for a certain amount of time before going to pit lane and trading off with the next driver, so that one driver does not drive while exhausted. And that wrap up, wraps up my preview of this year's WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and how it all works. Tune into the Fox TV networks and IMSA radio for coverage of the race, which will begin at 11 a.m. Pacific time this Saturday. For more details on each of the new Daytona Prototype International cars, I highly recommend that you read the prototype tech profiles on racer.com. I'll share them on the show's social media pages as well. Huge thanks to Caitlin Robinson for joining me on the show today. Follow the show at Speedway Sounds, all one word, on both Facebook and Twitter for show previews and your opportunity to ask my guests a question. Thanks to Claudia Shamba of Ask a Leader for helping me out in producing today's broadcast. And you can check out her show Tuesdays, 9 to 10 a.m. I want to give a quick shout out as well to my Aunt Carol, who is celebrating her birthday today. And next week on Speedway Sounds, I'll discuss all of the news in Formula One, from Mercedes' new driver to the change in corporate leadership over the series with analyst Tristan Cortez, as well as NASCAR's revolutionary format changes to its three national touring series, including the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Up next at the 5 o'clock hour, Beer Ambassadors with Michael Woodward here on KUCI. Thank you so much for listening. Always wear a helmet and never ever drive distracted or under the influence. (laughs) 